Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 41 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. A sickly, low, baritone voice, but we're still here to give voice to your inner geek. Well, you're just bringing the two-year anniversary full circle. Yeah, we did talk about that. It is our two-year anniversary here. We we are recording at the tail end of March. Probably won't hear this until the beginning of April, but uh, it is our two-year anniversary. And as uh, Jordan pointed out to me earlier, we started All Us Geeks sick as dogs. And so two years later, we're wrapping it back around. So yes, I, I apologize. Uh, this is, this is my voice. Uh, I've got extra liquid down here, but I will cut out as much of the coughing as I can, but you'll probably still hear some. <laughs> hey, we got a sponsor. Woo-hoo! We got another sponsor. Trip West Games is our sponsor for this episode. They have a game called Ars Victor, which was recently kickstarted successfully. And they are getting ready to take uh, pre-orders for it. So they want to let the world know about the uh, pre-orders over at arsvictor.com. Of course, show notes. Put the uh, sponsor link in the show notes. You can check that out. And this is kind of cool. You know, they they approached us on it. We are uh, going to be doing a review of it in the future here. Jordan and I took a look at it, thought it was kind of cool, wanted to take a uh, see if we could uh, take a look at it. And it's got uh, Tox from Crits Happen and Father Geek both gave it love. So uh, it was a no-brainer for us to bring them on and, and uh, have them sponsor a couple shows. And I'm kind of wondering if it was before the approved logo was out there because he did get approval from all three geek levels over at father geek but i didn't see anywhere on the ars victor page where he has the father geek approved so i it might have been back before the logo got created or something i wonder uh but it was uh child parent and gamer geek approved over at father geek as well so so uh what is ars victor well it's a uh it's a war game which i haven't played a lot of uh, Jordan's played a few more war games than I have. So this will be, uh, my attempt to look, uh, first time look at a war game. And I think this is going to be a pretty good one, uh, because it's a war game that plays in under an hour. And listening to Tox and, uh, Father Geek take a look at it, they say, uh, it really does play in under an hour. So there's some cool things with it. It's a two player head to head game. So that'll work very well for us because we get to dick each other over. <laughs> Already a step up in our Glad book. Glad you said over. Glad you said over. <laughs> and under. <laughs> and yeah, that's the victor. Get, the victor gets to reach around again. He's listened. <laughs> he said he wanted this. <laughs> Just like Jordan. No, no. 
<laughs> a couple other things I thought I looked kind of cool about this. It's got a modular board, which I always love. I've talked about that in other reviews and stuff. It's always cool when you get a modular board and, and get that uh, replayability aspect out of that. But it's also got the army building aspect, which is one of the things I thought was kind of cool, too, because you got so many points to build an army, and you each person gets to build their own army. But whatever you don't use of those points, that's like your health. It's glory, uh, is what it's called. But so it's like you can build a huge army, but you're that much closer to losing if you lose your points. Or you can build a small army, uh, and you'll have a lot of health, but you'll have a small army. So it's kind of a cool little thing in in that aspect too. That was the most intriguing dynamic for me. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool too. So uh, they're touting it as you know easy to learn and and a good one for new players to the war game category. So. Sometime here in the future, we will be uh, testing that theory because Jordan and I are going to review it when we get a copy. But for now, go ahead and go check it out over on ArsVictor.com because they do have the pre-order up. There's a couple special things you get with the pre-order coming off of the Kickstarter that you won't be able to get once it's once the pre-order is done. And I want to say there's about, I think last time I looked, there was like 1,500 copies left for the pre-order. So uh, go over there and check it out and uh, give them some love. And, you know, if you do, let them know that uh, you went over there from All Us Geeks because we appreciate them sponsoring our show. All right. As we've kind of talked about, this is our two-year anniversary month, and uh, we do have one contest going on right now with the Flux Capacity, so that is on the website, and we've been sharing that off and on, and that's one of those wonderful things where you can go out there and, you know, like us, like Flux Capacity, you know, follow us on Twitter, daily tweets, all that good stuff, and we'll be, and that's giving away a copy of Give It to the King, their previously successful Kickstarter, and they have a Kickstarter right now called Gone Viking that you can check out, or actually by the time this comes out, it'll probably already be over. Oh, again, when you say it. <laughs> okay. Four days. <laughs> I'm fairly confident. Four days. What's the window then? The contest, though, is going until April 12th. I should have, hopefully, have this then. <laughs> But the contest is going until April twelfth. Only 12th. fifteen days, dude. <laughs> as long as I don't get sick again and like out and out sick. But yes, April twelfth. So uh, you can do your entries plus your daily daily tweet entries. There's two daily tweet entries uh, that you can do, and you can do that up until April twelfth. And then sometime after that, we will pick a winner, and then the flux capacity will be sending off. Give it to the king. All right, so uh, we're going to take a little break from the regular episode there to because uh, I have somebody with me to announce something pretty cool. Who is uh, joining me on Skype today, first of all? This is Jason from Grey Gnome Games. Is that a familiar company or name that you should know? Well, of course, because I seem to be talking about Jason and Grey Gnome Games quite a bit, and all in the positive light, of course. I appreciate that. <laughs> Jason has done a, a lot of uh, very cool games and was also the winner, not only winner of the contest that we did with uh, Father Geek that we co-sponsored over on the Game Crafter, but uh, had two games in the top seven and uh, had had a game become the uh, finalist and winner, which is coming to Kickstarter soon, correct? That is correct. April 8th, it'll be launching on Kickstarter. So I'm pretty excited about that. So April 8th, you'll be able to get Another awesome game from Jason, who refuses to give my wallet a rest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I apologize <laughs> about that. <laughs> so here's here's what we're doing. And Jason was kind enough to you know come on real quick and, and do this real quick contest announcement with me. And that's exactly what this is. Some of you are aware, and, and we've talked about it on the podcast, 
We're at the tail end of March now, and by the time you hear this, it'll be April. But March was our two-year anniversary for All Us Geeks. Hurrah, hurrah. We have been (laughs) podcasting for two years, and we only apologize for some of it. Two years of doing this and uh, many, many more to come if we have our way. We've been able to get to know some really nice, some great people, and we've built a really nice community, um, not only around the podcast, but just in the gaming space in general. And of course, Jason, I consider to be one of those people in our community. I've known Jason for a while. It's been uh, awesome knowing him and getting to know him and see all the great games he puts out, regardless of what, how my wallet feels. well i appreciate the continued support from all us geeks for sure and in return uh we appreciate that jason continues to support all us geeks as well Uh, every time i get something from jason it seems like there's an extra copy or a note for me to uh say hey here's here's something for you to give away to your listeners which is greatly appreciated and recently you know we've been doing a lot of contests to help other people uh out and give them some notice either with a kickstarter coming up or just uh, get more people to know about their facebook or twitter page all that good stuff and all of that is awesome and we're going to continue to do that i am talking to at least four people and trying to schedule all of those so you guys participating in this in these contests are helping that but it's been a little while since we've done something just for our listeners and with our two-year anniversary here here, that's what we want to do. And how we're going to do that is, like I said, Jason has been kind enough to pretty much send us extra games quite a bit and say, here's uh, some stuff for your listeners. So Jason, you know, the biggest reason I wanted to have you on was because I want to do a Gray Gnome Games prize package for our two-year anniversary. I think that's pretty awesome. Pretty excited to be part of that. So I'm sitting here right now looking. Of course, uh, everybody knows we're at the New Geek Compound, so I am looking at boxes and boxes of games that haven't been unpacked yet, unfortunately. (laughs) But fortunately, I'm looking at a a small sample of Grey Gnome games here right in front of me that we're going to package together and send to one lucky listener. I am looking at Tasnia, Neptune, and... The two contest versions of Jason's game as well. So Dig Down Dwarf, the contest version, which again this was uh, this was under con- constraints and time, not only time but money and all that good stuff. And he has since done a lot to enhance the game, which will be coming to Kickstarter here very soon. And the other one is of Dungeons Deep. So I've got four games that I was able to find and pull together from Grey Gnome Games. Uh, you've heard me say it. I consider Jason a machine. He pumps out games, and I've yet to play a bad game from Jason. So somebody is going to get this prize package of four Grey Gnome games to either, I guess, uh, agree with me or tell me I'm full of crap. That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody that I've played them with has, has enjoyed them. Uh, some of them are on the uh, casual gamer side, so of course keep that part in mind as well. But Jason likes to kind of, it seems like you like to stay in the casual to gateway uh, style game for the most part. Is that absolutely accurate? absolutely yeah that that's for sure I like quicker games Tasnia out of that bunch is might be the more heavy of of the ones you've got there but even that I would consider like you said a gateway game but most of them are quick uh, fifteen to, to half an hour games so so here's what we're doing for the entire month of April I believe I I put the cutoff as like April thirtieth eleven p.m. Central Standard Standard Time you can get in one entry per type. 
So throughout the year, you know, we're not going to be doing the uh, if you follow us, if you like us, all that good stuff. This is going to be strictly for people that listen to the podcast. These, this is the only way we're going to announce it because we're trying to give back to our internal community that has supported us for these two years. So what you can do is you can email us podcast at allusgeeks.com. You can send us a voicemail, 1952236geek. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook. Any way that you want to, and for each way you do, you will get an entry. And all you got to really do is, in your own voice, in your own style, however you want to send us a little, you know, like birthday greeting or congratulations on the two-year anniversary, any way you want to do it. You want to do it serious, you want to do it funny, however you want to do it. Just keep in mind that we will potentially be sharing these on the podcast as we go along. But for each one you do, you'll get an entry. And then at the end of the month, our first recording in May, we will announce the winner from a random pick from everybody that entered. And again, you will be getting four Grey Gnome games. You'll be getting Tasnia. Neptune, the contest versions of Dig Down Dwarf and of Dungeons Deep. So what do you think, Jason? I think it's a good little package of games because of a little diversity there. So I think it'll make just about anyone happy. So pretty excited. I'm pretty excited, too. And I, I really uh, enjoy the fact that we're doing this with your games. Because like I said, you and I have had a lot of conversations over the well years now. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Surrounding not only gaming and just in general and, of course, Kickstarter and all that good stuff. So we have the podcast community, we have the gaming community, and of course there's the Venn diagram where they all come together. I consider you a friend, I consider you uh, somebody that puts out quality games, and I'm happy to share that with people that listen to our podcast. Well, I, once again, congratulations on the two years. It's pretty awesome. So I look forward to listening to you guys continually for a long time. All right, well, thank you, sir. There you go. There's your first entry. No. <laughs> <laughs> You can come yeah, on the podcast. I, I, have, I have some here. I have plenty of the copies of the games here. So. <laughs> and again, you know, uh, your April 8th, we're looking at Dig Down Dwarf. Correct. Uh, and again, uh, that's going to be a short. That's going to be like a 16-day. Uh, yeah, really quick. Yeah, it's a 16-day uh, campaign, and the, the buy-in is going to be only $16. So yeah. little marketing, little thing there, 16 and 16. So, yeah. so uh, somebody's going to get the contest version. But, again, we're going the full month of April, and then we're going to give it out in May. But even, uh, like, I have this version, and I'm waiting for this Kickstarter to start so I can back it. Uh, this is a, a great game that Jason has done a lot of quality uh, upgrades and enhancements to to get it ready for Kickstarter. Again, you got to remember that when, with the contest, and it was a unanimous winner, but with the contest, Jason and, and the others are under some very serious constraints with time, uh, what kind of components they can use, money, all that good stuff. So he has taken the time after winning the contest to make this an even better and more polished game. So definitely check out this Kickstarter when it starts April 8th. Again, that's Dig Down Dwarf. And of course, we'll be talking about it on All This Geeks some more uh, in the future here as well. But Jason, thank you for joining me to help me announce this contest. And thank you for all of the awesome games that you put out, man. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. And good luck to everybody. <laughs> hey, got an update for you. Ooh, update me. Boardgamelinks.com, the sites. Last I saw, we were still holding steady at 48. No, 48? Yeah. When the hell did you look? A few days ago. Oh. No, we're at 47. Ooh. But we were at we were at 45 when we recorded last time. Mm-hmm. Now we're at 47. We're getting closer to your 50. That's right. Keep going, and people. again, we have more hearts. <laughs> We've got 80 now instead of 78. So... We're getting closer to your 50 mark. 
Don't tease us, man. <laughs> just upvote those those other people. And my last thing in general, I just wanted to throw this out there because I think it's kind of cool. Congratulations, Anthony, for your first tattoo <laughs> and for being a badass Zelda tattoo. It's pretty sweet, dude. And like I asked you today, uh, let me know what your next one's going to be. <laughs> Jordan, we're still waiting for Jordan to get his first one. <laughs> waiting to afford it. It's not cheap. All right, you ready to geek out? Yes. All right, geek out topic like we talked about on the last episode. Uh, we are just going to uh, share with you some podcasts that we listen to. I've been getting that question quite a bit. I've gotten a, a couple questions on what do you listen to in general, like music and everything else. But lately I've been getting a lot of, so what podcasts do you listen to, Jeff? So uh, Jordan and I are going to share roughly five-ish podcasts each that we listen to these are not the only podcasts we potentially listen to uh these are just some that we've picked for this one and if we decide to maybe in the future we'll do this again to share some more are you okay with this i'll say right up front that everybody's well aware that we listen to we're alive so we don't have to include that one include yeah that. yeah so we're alive <laughs> and from there our other five <laughs> i picked six but i put two together because they're from the same person. But starting off with, I listen to Hollywood Babylon quite a bit, Kevin Smith, Ralph Garman, more of a comedy slash pop culture podcast. One that I recently, I know Meow God is now uh, listening to religiously and he's going through the entire back catalog and he may not even hear this because he's still listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been hooked and every, you know, every, every few days he pops in and lets me know that, uh, uh, where he is and, and how he's still enjoying it. So he's happy that he got to, uh, learn about that one, but I enjoy that one. That's one I used to listen to consistently. Here's the only reason I don't currently listen to it consistently because Megan really loves it. So when we go on car trips, she likes to listen to Hollywood Babylon. So I tend to let them stack up just in case. Uh, so you know, we're going on, we're going to go to the anime detour here soon. And Are you? Wanna, <laughs> <laughs> yes. so you know, for that car trip, we'll probably be listening to Hollywood Babylon. I do love that one. It's, it's incredibly funny and it's pop culture with bite. BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Don't look surprised. <laughs> just Jordan is well aware that that was going to be on my list, and I have talked about it off and on uh, that I listen to it. Uh, I enjoy that. These are uh, radio personalities out of Seattle that also do the podcast with a you know geek slant. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. I enjoy all of them together. The only one I don't listen to is Tuesday because it's a magic podcast so that's the one i delete <laughs> what's wrong with magic the solid game monday wednesday and friday is the main cast tuesday is their magic the gathering podcast and then thursday is one they call special ops and it's uh two of the or one of the main cast and, and another guy uh, mark ronner that comes on and they usually do a specialized topic that they focus in on it's a good podcast all the way around. And just as we always ask our listeners if they would like to give us feedback and stuff, and at least two of our listeners have gotten involved podcasting-wise with us <laughs> in some form or fashion. They've recently put out a thing about uh, wanting some potential extra content, and we had to push it back once. Hopefully, we're recording next week, but I am going to do a... Uh, at least a one recording with them to kind of maybe do a uh, regular segment. What regular means to them is going to be up to them, monthly, whatever, bi-monthly, who knows. But I pitched the idea of a 
tabletop kickstarting segment for them. So we are going to record that next week and I'll let everybody know when that episode comes out. Uh, as long as it doesn't get pushed back again, things happen. BJ Shay's Geek Nation. My combine is seven days a geek and podcasting 101. Jason, you know, uh, we interviewed over on podcasting 101. I've been listening to seven days a geek for quite a while now and podcasting 101. Those are two that I listen to pretty regularly. And I've recently started listening to Happy Mitten Podcast. And I've been listening to that pretty consistently. That's one I'll kind of bump up as well on my queue. I've been enjoying that one quite a bit. These guys are starting to publish games. They're going to be a publishing company at some point. They do this podcast. Well, not at some point. They are now. They've actually picked up Matt Warden's game, which was odd. That's going to be their first game. Uh, and they've already been playtesting it. They've, they've got, they've rethemed it and, and got a new name for it. Aether Magic, I believe it is. And I'm looking forward to that because every time I've played that game, every iteration of that game, I've absolutely loved it. So it's going to be fun to see what they do with it. And I'm really happy for Matt because Matt doesn't want to be a publisher. He probably, he self publishes stuff, but he's always, he just wants to make games and he makes a lot of good games. So I'm pretty happy about that. And so I've been listening to those guys and they interview a lot of people in the industry. So that's been kind of fun too. But at the same time, I also get these, you know, snippets of updates about what's going on with Matt's game. So vested interest, I guess. And then lastly, another one I've been listening to recently, mostly because it's just recently started. It's a quick podcast from, it's called 21 Game Salute. It's Game Salute's official podcast. And they do it in 21 minutes or less. So it's, I think that comes out every Monday. Just been listening to that. Gives you a good update. Cause you know, Game Salute has that tiered deal where they publish games. They assist other people that are publishing games and then they just ship people's games. And so you get a little bit of all of that. They let you know kind of, especially games that they're really involved in. You get to know what's going on with them and where they are in the process and all that good stuff. So I've been kind of listening to that 20 minutes or so on the computer. I can usually get two things in, you know, I'd listen to that and something else on the way in. So those are the uh, five ish that I picked. All right. I've got a couple combos as well. Got And here I felt dirty. <laughs> Don't not feel dirty. <laughs> I'm in the room. One of them is uh, the Comics Conspiracy and Geekbox. Same group of core group of people in both, and then some different people depending on which one. Comics Conspiracy is obviously that's their comics themed one. Geekbox is more about video games, PC console, you know, general electronics, handheld stuff like that. It's the same group. They're out in uh, I want to say North Carolina. One dude owns a comic store. The other dude either owns a. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if he actually owns a GameStop franchise. I don't know if he can own them or if he's the manager, but he's been, uh, he's always talking about the GameStop and his various journeys around the country to like E3 and stuff like that for stuff related to video games. I prefer the Geekbox more so than, I should say, comics from seriously more so than Geekbox, but they've got good flow. So even though the gaming side of it, because it's all electronic gaming, even though electronic gaming is not necessarily my thing, they've got a good flow, and, and, and it's still amusing to, to listen to, even though it's not uh, quite my thing. I also listen to something called Agenda 7, which is a uh, Android Netrunner dedicated podcast. They've only got 14 or so apps out, but they're a good crew. They talk about, they do a little something every release and they review some cards, you know, as they come out. They talk about their games and tournaments that they've been to in their local area. Canadian. I'm out. And, uh, they've recently started doing videos on YouTube of their gameplay. Those need a lot of work, but they, they acknowledge that it's, uh, they're going to be doing work to get cards on the screen as they're played and announce what they're doing so that the viewers know what they're doing rather than just playing their cards. So they're a good couple guys. 
that's it's a rough thing to get yeah. into. Yeah, yeah, that, that takes a lot more work and coordination. Than- and it's it's just a one camera angle right now. Hopefully, they have a second camera or will get a second camera so that some of that stuff will either be a little bit easier or they will put the effort into getting some stills to sh- throw up with their cards or, you know, work with dialogue boxes a little bit more or something. So, I mean, they're off to a good start. They they acknowledge that the videos need work, but podcast itself, pretty solid. I like it. I've started listening recently to Fat Man on Batman because he's had four eps in a row with a couple of creators that I really like. Oh, this is a Kevin Smith podcast. It's, uh, it's about Batman, focuses on Batman. Not one of my favorite characters, but Kevin Smith, it's fun just listening to him talk. And But he has such a love and a passion. Yes. I mean, for Batman specifically, but even in just the comics realm and the people he brings in. Yep. That's not one where I'm going to go, you know, listen to the whole back catalog, but I am just working my way through things that do interest me, and especially these last four apps, one with uh, Denny O'Neill and one with Neil Adams, two of my favorites. So that's really good. On the non-gaming side, I listen to this thing called Hardcore History. I believe his name's Dan Carlin. No, it doesn't sound right. But anyways, it's not at all gaming. It's history. It's kind of lecture. But he he just discusses different points in history. And the last two I listened to, for instance, were the lead up into World War One and World War One. He tries to keep. Did it lead into World War One and World War One? <laughs> he tries to keep it fairly factual, not uh, political. Not I mean, there's bias in history, so it's not totally unbiased. But he tries to keep it fairly bias free as far as presenting the facts. It's interesting. I mean, it's. A little bit dry. He does a good job. He does try to make it interesting. Obviously, it's not interactive, but he does try to not be just monotonous college <laughs> prof. And when the Kaiser, you know, decided to uh, invade. No, there's, you know, he, he does a good job for for something that's purely scholastic information. I think he does a good job. And then I'm going to, I'm going to do it. It's another twofer. Wait, it's- wait, wait. I got more. <laughs> called bad dice it's a podcast of the uk ben curry and a couple of their dudes it's a warhammer specific warhammer fantasy specific podcast i used to listen to it a lot now i just kind of listen to it oh he also does the daily so between the daily and the full monthly now i generally just listen to the the apps that have an, a tagline that interests me because really i mean it's just way too many podcasts to listen <laughs> to everything every time it comes out but he's got that and he's recently got into the x-wing game and so he started uh, the unofficial X-Wing podcast. And I did a poke around on iTunes. There are no other X-Wing podcasts. So I suppose if he really wanted to, he could just call himself the official X-Wing <laughs> podcast. No, no. And, and nobody could argue it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they could. but There could be a cease and desist. <laughs> and knowing FFG, they probably do. <laughs> just just wait for that. I mean, they're good guys. On the Warhammer side, definitely. They He's an experienced player. He always brings good knowledge. He's been around for a couple editions by the sounds of it. On the X-Wing side, they're still learning the game. So it's interesting seeing the the two different sides solid podcasts i just wish they had a little bit more um emotion just sometimes they're very uh oh and i got my ass kicked or man i cried but laugh giggle do something i mean there's some of it but just emote but yeah so those are mine okay well there you go that answers the question i guess from now on if i get that question i'll just point them to this episode And again, those are not the only podcasts that we listen to. Those are, we just tried to keep it down for time. And like I said, maybe in the future we'll do this again. I, I'll move on to seven through 10. Yeah. And- 
<laughs> Jordan does a lot of painting, so he has time to listen to things during that. And of course, I have the commute, so there's plenty of uh, things for me to listen to on my drive uh, to and from work. So uh, there are others. And uh, like I said, maybe in the future we'll talk to talk about those as well. But of course, we both listen to We're Alive. <laughs> Got you. you caught up now? Game reviews. That's right. Plural. We're doing two, uh, like we promised last episode since we went without a game review. Uh, but there was some good content in there. We had Don on. We had Scott on to talk about his uh, new position at Arcane Wonders. It's a good episode, honey. <laughs> Hope you got your little diapers on because this is going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have brought the extra liquid downstairs. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start with Host from Broken Prism Games. That's right. Broken Prism Games at brokenprismgames.com. I see you looking. <laughs> that's because we're conversing. <laughs> this is a, a game that's over on the Game Crafter right now, and uh, it has also been successfully funded through Kickstarter. And it, uh, let me read you the, the back of the box here where most of the fluff is. The world has reached the first great apocalypse. You've become a brain munching zombie, an anal probing alien. Or one of the few not yet turned. That's anyone. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Every night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not after me, Archie. <laughs> Collect matching cards to complete your mission of an alien invasion, widespread zombie infection, or be humanity's last hope and save the world. But every card you draw or pass has a positive and a negative side. The very card you pass on could lead to your defeat. New mission and global event cards can turn gameplay upside down again. It's Zombies and Aliens meets Go Fish. Two to six players, five to 15 minutes, which we found to be very accurate. Very quick filler uh, style game. So what are you doing during a game of hosts? Generally cursing those around. Yeah, it's like, you jackass. (laughs) There's a lot of you jackass moments. Uh, So you've got a bunch of cards. There's a mission deck. There's an event deck, and then there's your regular like draw style deck. I don't remember what that one was called. The host deck. The host deck. The host cards, which make up the majority of the cards, typically have a plus and a minus on them. Uh, and they're you know numbers following behind it. Uh so for instance, this one I'm looking at right here is a plus three to your investigate score, but a negative three to your invasion score. And your missions can, uh, there's uh, various things. There's like a mission that says, as soon as five event cards are played, you've won. There's ones that might say, collect 15 points in investigation points. And so there's a bunch of these different mission cards that make up the little mission deck. Each player will have one secretly that nobody else knows about. And you're, you're trying to get to that. So as soon as somebody hits their mission, the game ends and that person is won. So it's, it's not a, okay, everybody gets one full turn thing again. It's as soon as that, as soon as you can reveal that card and show that you've done it, you win. Yeah. Pretty much every action is a check to win see if condition you won. check. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then one of the thing about the event deck though is because if you pull a card from the main host deck that says you can play an or draw an event card, because if you draw an event card, you have to play it right away. But that card you can keep if you want to. You don't have to play the draw an event card. But if you choose to, the event has to get played right away. So, But one of the things you kind of almost have to watch out for, though, is some of those events are, hey, 
here's your new mission. <laughs> and suddenly, whatever you've been building up to no longer matters because you got to discard your old mission and now you've got a new mission. And you got to watch out and make sure you don't say the name of your card. <laughs> don't don't read it right away and say, oh, oh, this is a mission, especially if you've played multiple times and your opponent... Oh, I know what you're going for now. <laughs> your opponent has had and that you're mission. You're never going to see any red cards. That's just letting you know now. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. So yeah, there, and that, that's brings us to a good point. So the host deck is kind of made up of, uh, different color cards and they do different things. So the red cards are your infect cards. So those will have a plus to infect, but a negative to inoculate. Uh, the inoculate cards are blue, plus to inoculate, minus to effect, infect. Invasion are green, and that's plus to invasion, but negative to your investigate. And investigate are black, and those are plus to investigate and minus to invasion. Now, that's a lot of pluses and minuses because there is no hand limit to cards. Uh, you just keep collecting them. And, of course, like you said, you know, you're going to get something like have 15 infect cards, uh, but no inoculation or something, you know, goofy like that. Or, you know, you have the 15 uh, infect cards, but every inoculation card you have is a negative to infect. Mm -hmm. So on that end, though, one of the nice things is you're looking at infect and inoculate. You don't really care about invasion and, and investigate. So those are cards that you're not worried about their pluses and minuses at the moment, and they're cards that you can kind of get rid of. But every time you do your check, you're definitely checking infect and inoculate because you got to do your pluses and minuses to get up to that 15 if that is your mission. So uh, let's see. Uh, to set up this game, you're going to shuffle the, uh, the uh, different decks, and each player gets one mission card. Again, that's secret. And and you start with four host cards face down in front of you. Well, it's not much of a secret if it's right there in the rules. <laughs> what your mission is is a secret. <laughs> and first player is determined by the last person if I had a colonoscopy. <laughs> or at least that's how we did it with Jordan. <laughs> Didn't expect it at that time. No, no. It was, uh, that after dark rule. First person <laughs> that first person that can take all this in. I hated that rule. <laughs> Worst rule you ever created, Jordan. And you won every time. <laughs> all right. How do you, you were a lot more accommodating than I thought? <laughs> All right, so everybody has a mission, and that mission is going to determine their win condition, and then you start with four host cards. It says face down, but you know, though, that's, that's your hand. You, you can look at it. Your opponents aren't going to know what host cards you have in your hand. And then from there, you basically, uh, make sure you know your mission. And then you check your cards every turn. You kind of check your cards, make sure you haven't won. Make sure you haven't completed your mission. And if you haven't won, you draw a card. The two player, you either draw blind from the deck or you can steal from an opponent. Correct. Otherwise, in a three, three plus, you just draw from the deck. Yeah. And then you assess again because you got a new card. So you see if you've won, if you've, if you've done your win condition, and then you have to pass a card. Now, obviously in a two player game, you pass into the other player. Three plus, you get to choose who you pass to. And so you're going to take a card that you either, obviously you probably don't need, but you're hoping that the other person doesn't need as well or can hinder them and you're passing them a card. And then you assess again because now you've gotten rid of potentially some negative that was holding you back. So that might be one reason, you know, again, you're, you're like, Oh, I'm saying two way. You've given away a negative and you've also given somebody a card right. uh, that might cause them to win because yeah, you so, can win off turn. Yeah. They have to assess as well. And then you end your turn. So it's, it's a rinse and repeat of that. It's, it's pretty much that simple. I mean, you're, you're basically going to draw a card, check, 
pass a card, check, and keep going until somebody wins. Now, again, there's things like, you know, you've got your negatives and your minus, and then you've also got the, you, you can do an event card. And it's optional for you if you want to use the event card, but if you do, you, if you play the draw an event card, you grab an event. And events, again, some of them are going to change your mission. So suddenly now you're going for something completely different. Some of them are going to mix things up. Like, what was it? The earthquake that earthquake took all the cards, shuffled them together and redealt them as yeah, so, as possible. Yep. So all players cards kind of go in the middle get shuffled up and then you deal them back out evenly as possible. So everybody's getting different cards. So there's different things like that in the game that kind of mix things up. And there are quite a few, you know, again, we kind of said at the top, but there, there are a lot of you dick moments. Oh, you dick back and forth. And I mean, even in a multiplayer game, it's pretty easy to, if you know, Joe blow has always given me blue, then clearly he's not going for infected or something like that. So yeah. when you're giving away the cards, you know, you can start to know who, who to give stuff to, to not help. <laughs> right. Uh, and then there's another optional type card, another variant. There's a character card mm-hmm. that you can have and everybody will get a random character at the start of the game. If you play with that variant and the characters just basically give you bonuses. So it might be like you get plus two to your investigate or something like that. Then those again are secret. So everybody does that. Nobody gets to know who your character is until like, you know, suddenly you've got that plus two to investigate. Your mission is about collecting investigation points. That bonus counts towards your win. So when you're ready to declare your win, you get to flip over your character and say, ha, see, this is part of why I get to win. Now, when you get this game, because I really do think you should get it. Character cards have spoilers. (laughs) Character cards have QR codes on the back. And they're live. If you scan the QR codes, it'll take you to the Broken Prison website, and you'll get a little an extended bio of each of the characters. And it adds nothing to the game, or it adds nothing to gameplay. But I think it's a kind of cool add, a little cool convergence of tech and and, and the game. You know, it just adds fluff. Yeah, it was it was cool from that aspect. And like I said, when you started doing that, and you started doing them different cards, so you could see that it. It really was bringing up something different every time, and it was a different character. It's kind of cool, and like you said, it it adds that without throwing a huge booklet in the box, mm-hmm. it adds the fluff if you're interested in the fluff. So it, it was kind of a cool little deal. All right, so let's go down here. Um, no component, no, sir. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, this is part of the anal probe. <laughs> oh, okay. Components. What'd you think? pretty solid i mean it's boxes and cards in it cards are good stock the artwork on the cards uh, it's simple it's you know mall or airport airport kind of symbology you know it's but it or government building which really (laughs) does kind of fit the theme of the game it's uh there's just a little dude with a floating head on an exam table there's like a needle, you know, it's, and it's color coded. It's very simple. The card backs are all very simple. Everything is very simple, not at all flashy, but it doesn't need to be because it's just a quick 15 minute game. Right. The art is appropriate to the theme and the time. Yep. And the one thing that's, that's kind of nice too is it is simplistic art, but it works for the game. Like you said, the other kind of nice thing too is even if you look beyond the simplistic art, like things like your plus ones, your plus twos and your plus threes. They each have their own art. Yes. For that color. So that's kind of, I mean, it's a good quick, like, look, and you know, you've got your threes. I've got and, three and, caduceus, yeah. a needle, and a, you know, yeah. And the that zomb- takes me and up the to zombie. Or yeah. yeah. So. so, I mean, that part was kind of cool. So it's, it's nice that, uh, even, you know, you, you could have simply just gone with 
all blue is this kind of thing. And it's one of those nice things too. It helps for accessibility and stuff as well. So that is kind of cool. And I do, I do like the art style. It, you know, this was one of those things when we were first looking at it, like even before we got the game and knowing the art style, I wasn't sure how I would think before what I would think about it before playing it. I was kind of on the fence, but like you said, it fits and it flows really well and it doesn't need to be more than it is. So it, it really did work for me. And yeah, it's uh, all cards, a decent box. It's a one page rule sheet, literally one page. Like you don't even flip it. <laughs> it's one page. So, which is cool. And, you know, especially for a five, 15 minute game should be easy to explain. You should probably spend less than that amount of time explaining how to play the game as well. And comes in a decent, very small box. I mean, you can potentially fit this even in your pocket. Uh, if you got cargo def- pants. Yeah, cargo pants or, you know, a backpack or something. So it's definitely a portal, nice portable game, which is, again, is cool for a five fifteen minute game. So mechanics. What did you think of the mechanics involved in this one? Uh, you know, you said kind of conspiracy-themed go fish, and it kind of is. It's draw and pass yep. or draw, steal, or pass. If Draw or steal and pass if you're at the two-player game. It's pretty easy. And, you know, with the victory condition check at every action... It makes it a little more, it's not a meaty game, but it makes it just a little bit more meaty than Go Fish. No, mechanics pretty solid. Yeah, especially for a filler style game. And, and this is. It's thin meat. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice style game. And I would even go, I wouldn't mind. I'd, I'd say for a variant, go ahead and, and add in the option of stealing from another player too. Mm. Because I think sometimes that's where we had the most fun of being like, Oh, you dick. Stop stealing got my cards. Thirty-two cards in my hand, and you actually got the one I wanted. Yeah, well, that and and like you said, especially in a two-player game, I passed you a blue. You don't need the blue either. The blue is coming back to me. <laughs> so you start stealing. You're like, oh, holy crap! Now, now some of my other cards are starting to come out of my hand, kind of thing. So it's kind of cool. Now, again, with more players, you've got more options to go around and kind of thin out, and not necessarily have one person always know what you're doing. But I still think that nice little no, 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 no. What do you got? is kind of kind of interesting yeah it's it's a it's a solid game that plays quick and doesn't need to be more than it is and mechanics are very simple so i i enjoyed it very much so rules well like we said you got one sheet here i can't think of anything that we like i mean it's it's a a dead simple game a dead simple rule sheet and it's not like it doesn't need an index no and it's not like we went well why what happens there? Or I mean, yeah. we had no questions while we were doing this. We read the sheet, threw it on the table, got through it, turned around, played another game with the characters this time. Uh, and again, it's, the characters are just adding bonuses for the most part. So no real big complication there either to kind of add those in. It was, uh, it was, it's solid. The, uh, you know, it doesn't, it does, uh, once again, I'm just, it doesn't need to be more than it is. So teachability. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, again, five 15 minute game. Should take less to explain it. <laughs> the rules are a one sheet. Read through it and played it pretty much at the table. I mean, I had read it before, but we sat down and read the one sheet and played the game and played it multiple times and had no questions. So for a filler, for early and end of a game night, take it to a game day, play with casual players. This is extremely teachable. You you, you can't get much easier. Really. You know, it's, if you're going to do a theme night, you can use this as a starter and then play like Pandemic or 
XCOM or something like that. Just do a theme night of something like aliens and zombies, you know, this and then zombie side or something. Cause zombie side will be the chunk of your night. <laughs> yeah. So this will be, especially the- <laughs> if you play with the zombivers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is a good intro for any kind of theme night. All right. So theme. The fluff was on the back of the box and it's a mm-hmm. small box, but it gives you the basics, alien invasion, the zombie apocalypse and the, you know, questionable conspiracy. It's there. Actually, it's surprisingly evident for how simple the game is because your missions are just based on the keywords infected, invasion, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So for as little fluff as there is presented in the game, the theme is still very strong in the, the words and the pictures on the card. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's abstracted, but in a workable way. I mean, you're not going to, in a, in a five to 15 minute game, you're not going to get into a lengthy narrative. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's, it's not going to be necessarily what you're looking for. But like you said, I mean, uh, just even the art style and the little bit, you know, the images that we have and the keywords and the little bit of fluff that's on the box and being able to do the, the QR codes. There's fluff and there's theme there. And it works for this game. Definitely. I, I think it's a solid choice. So fun factor slash overall. So what's your uh, final thoughts and fun factor on this one? Yeah, so it's an enjoyable game. I think it definitely, sh- the, the de- gameplay is somewhat different at two, but I think this is definitely a game that would shine at full, full players. It's enjoyable. It's fast. It's definitely social. There will be name calling. There will be cursing if that's your group. It's fast and it's very interactive because there's something happening every action and everybody is interacting at s- somehow with somebody else at some point on their turn. It, it, it's enjoyable. Definitely. Yeah. Like I said, uh, earlier on, I mean, this was one that I was a little on the fence about, but I've tried to, you know, I know Matthew, I know broken prison games, but I know a lot of people and I, I don't shy away from, from playing their games and we pride ourselves on trying to give honest feedback. So, and, and there have oh, been, shit, are we supposed to be honest? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. This time. <laughs> uh, and this has not been the first game that surprised, surprised me. So that's why. I'm a little more open to things that I'm on the fence about for sure, just to give it that shot. And if it doesn't work out, yeah, we're, I'm, we're going to give the honest feedback and we usually try to be constructive while we're being honest as well. That's a long way for me to get to. I was on the fence. We played this. I liked it. We got to play multiple times. We had a really good time with it. We were laughing at the table. We were calling each other names at the table. Uh, we were wishing we had, you know, like Sarah and Megan around to, to play with us. Everything that came out of us playing this, again, simple little five, 15 minute game multiple times was enjoyable. We had a lot of fun with it. This is a good filler. This is a good, like you said, the good social aspect filler as well, which is always kind of nice depending on, you know, the event, like, you know, the four of us get together. It's kind of nice to have a game that, that we can talk over and stuff as well and, and have a laugh about while we're playing. So being on the fence going in, but being open to accepting it and seeing what was going on with it was a, another good choice on, on our end because I did thoroughly enjoy this and we both did. This was another one too. When I was, when we pulled it, I was like, I'm not sure what Jordan's going to think. And yeah, we just, we had a good time with it. This is definitely a solid game. I, I definitely, uh, would say get a hold of it. You can go over to broken prism, uh, broken prism games.com. Uh, it's on the game crafter as well. Big congratulations to Matthew as well, because he just recently got a, uh, uh, I, I saw he posted a, a local game store in his area just open, and they started carrying it. Oh, cool. Congrats so, on that. Yeah, it's like blocks away from his house or something like that. 
And, uh, yeah, so, you know, he posted a picture recently of them in the, you know, it's sitting there in the front glass there. For a refund, go four blocks that way. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's cool. And, and it's definitely deserved. And I know he's also working on a game for the flux capacity contest. So, you know, good luck. There's going to be, I know there's a lot of people entering that, but guy's got chops. This is his first game. So that's what we think of host. Now we're going to take a look at. Trains and Stations from WizKids, right? Yes. All right. What do you got? This is Trains and Stations. When I initially saw it, I thought it was kind of a a dice-rolling railroad tycoon, if you remember the old Sid Meier's game. And as described, the goal of the game is to collect victory points, VP, which you do in the following ways, delivering, developing, and profiting. So this is, uh, it's a dice rolling game. It's, it's essentially a press your luck game for three to five players played on a very small <laughs> very board. Small. <laughs> we had to take the leaf out of my table for sure. It's a good thing you got the big ass table for the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like the, the, that was the inaugural play on the, on the new gaming table. You Everybody sit up. down. Um, might need to get rid of that leaf. <laughs> And we're still too far away. <laughs> like I said, when we were playing, when I saw this at Gen Con, the only question I didn't ask was, was this the real board? Because I thought it was just space limitations, so that it was just small make-do boards. No, no. Those things you saw in all the pictures. All right. <laughs> I am totally, now that we're talking about it, putting the leaf back in and just putting the board in the middle of the table and taking a picture here soon. You could put all the, bo- the board and all the components out. <laughs> just set up the game for five players, and there'll still be a lot of dead space. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, we might do that tonight, and I'll put it in my review. There you go. <laughs> yeah, deliver, develop, and profit. So as I said, it's a dice rolling game, three to five players. Rather than take a tried where you're placing trains, you're rolling your dice. And much like Couriers or Dice Masters or any of the other WizKids kind of dice rolling games, these are custom dice uh, with various sides that do various things. And you are building your empire across this very small map of the United States. It's somewhat reminiscent of other train games where, you know, you're building routes and there's quite a few, uh, are quite a smaller number of cities than other games. It's just a couple along the East Coast, a couple in the West Coast, a couple in the middle, because the route building is not really as essential as it is in, uh, well, it is essential, but the geography is not as critical as it is in something like, uh, Tick Tried, where you might be trying to block somebody, or Railroad Tycoon, where you're trying to get to uh, specific resources. So There's a lot of shared points. There is. This. There yeah. is. It's it's very much a competitive game. Mm-hmm. So you're going to roll five dice each turn, and on each die, there's a train, a locked train, which you cannot re-roll, and I'll get to that, money, and then one of three resources. You've got your hotels, your mines, and your ranch. We had a lot of fun with these, because <laughs> the artwork is... <laughs> questionable at best. I mean, the dice look good. It's not a QC thing. The pictures on the dice are clear, but... Looks- so if you're looking to have adult sexy time, <laughs> here's what the resources really are. Really looks somewhat like possibly a breast, a piece of cake, and the female reproductive system. <laughs> so that's where we're at. So that was our game for the evening. <laughs> Woohoo, I've got three uteruses I can build. Come on, nipple. <laughs> so yeah, as with uh, all the other WizKids dice games, these are custom dice. And the object is to build up your resources to get... Stop tapping the table. <laughs> the object of the game is to... 
uh, is to build up your resources to get your victory points. So on your turn, you're going to roll your dice. And then there's other components as well. You've got cards for your associated resources. The mine gives you ore, silver, and gold. The ranch gives you cattle and food. Well, there's a path here. And then there's uh, the hotel gives you workers. The basic game starts off with ore, workers, and cattle. And then there are... The next tier of resources, when one tier is, uh, when one of those resource piles is emptied, uh, the next tier is added. So there is a progression. And these resources are used to calculate victory points at the end. And I'll get to that. And then you also have buildings. You're going to have little plastic buildings, a hotel, a mine. <laughs> and again, questionable shaping here. The mine looks, well, we won't go into what we thought the mine was, but there's a mine, a hotel, and a ranch. <laughs> Let's just say my dog does it. My dogs do it a couple of times a day. <laughs> so you roll your dice. You then have the option of re-rolling your dice if you're not happy. A re-roll costs you a dollar. Now you start off the game with three. You can re-roll as many times as you have money or until you lock all your, you held up three. What? As soon as you lock three trains. Yeah, I was getting to it. Well, you said all your train. I said all I your locked dice. your trains. You said locked all your trains. Well, yes. Technically that is accurate because if you get three locked trains, your workers go on strike, your turn ends, mm-hmm. your workers go on strike, you lose three VP, yeah. and you're just stuck with these locked trains. You can't re-roll if you have three locked. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so if you've got three locked trains, you're done. There's also a basic train that you use to build your routes, and like I said, there's the hotel, the mine, and the ranch, and the money. You can re-roll as long as you have the money, but you cannot have more than five gold uh, max at the end of your turn. So if you're rolling a lot of dice that are generating you money, uh, the die, the money side on the dice is worth $2. So if you know you're going to get $2 in, you can maybe waste a couple of re-rolls because that'll be a wash for you. Maybe get more money, get the other resources. If you get three of the same resources, three hotels, three mines, or three ranches, you can then put out the associated building. Each player has three of each building, and those can go on any city. Uh, some cities have two building openings. Some city has three building openings. You don't have to have a presence there to put a building in. You can just throw it down anywhere you want. The rules there are you can't put a second building in an area until all the, all the cities have two building, uh, one building. And you can't put a third building in an area until all cities have two buildings. So you can't just bunker down in one three building area and then make everybody, let everybody come to you. If a route is completed in an area where you have buildings, then you get the associated card. So if a route is completed where I have the mine, I will get some ore. If Jeff has the hotel, he'll get some work. That's how you get your resources. No matter who completes the route. Yes. Now, routes are completed. Unlike Ticket to Ride, where you have specific point A to point B, uh, you know, Houston to New Orleans, there's, there's none of that here. There are bonus points for scoring particular routes, and they'll be listed on cards. There are power cards, but there's no, it's open routing. And as we said, it's kind of competitive. So if I'm going from <laughs> San, uh, Seattle to Billings, as everybody was going, <laughs> uh, you know, if I put down two dice and Jeff puts down two dice and, uh, and then Megan puts down one more dice to complete the route, everybody gets points for having participated in completing the route. And a route is not necessarily just two cities. If you complete a route that links three cities, that's still one route. So you're not scoring per possible connection in that route. You're just scoring for one overall. And as I said, when you complete a route, whoever has buildings in those cities connected to the route, whether they're involved in those di- in those dice or not, uh, will get resources from those buildings. There's also 
bonuses for being the majority or for having the majority of dice in that completed route. And each city indicates which bonus you've got. And then the basic scoring is one VP for each city involved in the route. So a two city VP, a two city route gets you two VP. A three city route gets you three VP. It's theoretically possible to build up to a four city route if everybody's patient. Uh, <laughs> nobody wants to dick each other, but, uh, I know my group is not friendly enough to allow that to happen. <laughs> Never happened. And then. Kidding me? We could barely get out of Seattle. <laughs> and like I said, it's, it, it does involve patience on those larger routes because when a route is completed, everybody who's involved in that route, all their dice come back. So this is where you start off with eight dice. You're rolling five each turn, but you can potentially get under that because you put out your, your train dice to build or complete a route. If the route is not completed, you lose those dice until they come back. So you roll five dice, you put out three trains, you have two dice left over. The next turn you go to your supply, you try to get back up to five dice. If you can't get to five dice for your roll, you just roll whatever you have. Some of the uh, bonuses are things like extra victory points, other power cards, and then there's also bonus dice. There are white dice that are optional. You can use them at any time to take you over the five roll, or uh, the only time they're mandatory is if you are under five dice. If you don't have five of your basic dice, but you do have a bonus die, you have to use the bonus die in your roll, but otherwise you can just use them at any time or hold them up. You can save dice. So if you roll your dice and you end up with two cattle, uh, but you don't get the third cattle even after a couple of rerolls, and we all did that, burned a lot of money trying to get that one third resource <laughs> and never got it. You can save dice. So you've got your two cattle. You're trying to get, trying to get the ranch. Uh, you save your two dice. Next turn, those count towards your limit of five, but they're already cattle. So you roll three dice and hopefully on your seventh roll. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get that third piece of cattle. And like I said, the the lock ends your turn, but basically you're trying to get three of a kind, a balance of three of a kind, trains, and money. Uh, you need to complete routes. Even if there's you don't have any buildings in the, in the route, you are still going to get some VPs for being attaching the cities. And maybe you don't have a particular route card that you're trying to complete between cities, but if you complete routes where you have buildings, then you're still going to get VP generators. So there's, it's competitive because there's a variety of ways to, to score. You kind of want to help people out sometimes. You kind of want to prevent people from doing things. Uh, Megan was getting frustrated because <laughs> <laughs> she kept trying to get Billings to Montana, uh, Billings to Seattle, and that route kept getting closed down somewhere else and having to restart. Yeah. I think it was Seattle to Detroit. Well, that's right. Seattle that's right. to Billings kept getting completed. That's right. And she wanted to go Seattle to Detroit. And actually, I did too. We both had Seattle to Detroit for, for <laughs> uh, a lot of the beginning of the game. So, and, the, and that's going back to the powers cards, which we'll talk about now. There's a variety of uh, small deck cards that will give you either instant victory points, uh, like we were talking, the, these routes. As soon as those are completed, doesn't have to be by you. You just reveal them. So, for instance, if you have Seattle to, Billing, uh, to Billings, somebody completes that. doesn't have to be you. You say, hey, here I go. It's going to be an extra 5 VP at the end of the game. That just sits sits at the side. You've announced it. And then there are resource cards that can either be used for a different segment of the game that I'll get to in a minute, the speculation, or they can be used for a tiebreaker for determining who has the most of a resource at the end of the game when it comes to scoring. Scoring is done by category of resources and then basic VPs. There's one-point cards and five-point cards. The game goes until all the VP cards are done. Uh, once all the VP cards are out, there's a last round where you everybody 
but the conductor, that's the first player, gets to uh, complete one last action, one last set of actions. At that point, uh, everything to- totals up. So you've got your ones and your fives. You've got any bonus points that may have come from uh, your power cards. And then there is a victory point total for each category. So the person with the most cattle will get like six points. The person with the most workers gets five points. So each category of resources has their own uh, victory point if you have the most. It's not cumulative. It's not like six points per card. It's if you have the most cattle, you will get six points. And it's pretty straightforward. And these were, this is where the other power cards come in. If you have a tie, but you have the power card that counts as either cattle or ore, you can put that down and then it counts as one more ore for you. So maybe you break a tie and, and you end up getting the, the victory points for that. Uh, it continues clockwise and essentially the person with the most VPs at the end win. The one area we didn't talk about is the um, speculation. As a resource pile is emptied, it moves up to the next tier. So, for instance, the ranch goes from cattle to crate food to gold. The hotel goes from workers to either silver or crate food and then gold. And then the uh, the mine goes from ore to silver to gold. When a resource is emptied, there's the secret speculation where you can trade in at a two to one ratio resource cards that you already have towards the new resource that's coming out. So as they progress in tier, they're worth more. The ore is six, but the gold is nine. So if you're going from ore to silver to gold, you're going, you're trading up fewer of them, but you're trading. Up. You trade in at two to one. It doesn't have to be the same resource. Uh, if you're going up to gold, you could trade in a cow and a worker to get a gold. And this is where the power cards come in, the ones with two resources on them. They will count as two to one. They will count as two for one card towards your two to one ratio trade up. So the action cards have a variety of different ways that they can be, well, two ways, I guess. <laughs> Should we point out that the speculation stuff is supposed to be simultaneous, but in secret? Yes. So you're not supposed to know what other people are trading in. And then also all your resources are secret as well. So unless, I mean, people, it's one of those games where people know what you're getting mm-hmm. as you're getting it, but if if you're not card counting or whatever. Yeah, uh, the only thing that's face up is the numeric victory card points yep. and any route completion bonus. Right. What speculation kind of ends up coming down to is I know I don't have all the cattle, but I have close to all the cattle. Does, do you, does Jordan think he's got cattle locked in and can get rid of some? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, little things like that. It's a little bit of a bluff or yep. it's a little bit of a build. If, if I know that I have no chance at cattle, but I've got four that I can turn right. in, you know, then yeah, sure. I'll step up. Um, mm-hmm. maybe it helps. Maybe it, yeah. in my case, it, <laughs> but, uh, it's, there's a lot of little things that go on, but it's still a very simple game and it all revolves around the dice. Mm-hmm. If the dice hate you as they did me that night, that's a different uh, podcast. <laughs> You will have a slow, boring game. But if the dice like you, as they did Sarah that night, you will crush. (laughs) I think that's the core of the game. There's a lot of speaking there. I probably could have tightened it up a little bit. But uh, that is the game. All right. So let's go over it. Components. uh, We talked about a little bit. Uh, Again, there's there's the dice. There's the cards. There's teeny tiny board. And teeny tiny plastic. (laughs) Teeny tiny plastic. So for my part, components are okay. Again, the board, ridiculously small, especially if you're going to get five people around that, to me, is kind of goofy. You could get this game on a TV tray. (laughs) Yeah. You really could, uh, and still have all five people play. Sadly, the board is small, and the component tree is by design to fit on that board. 
also small. Yeah. But I mean, what's there and, you know, the, the art, the artwork and the art style and, you know, the map and, and what some of the dice kind of look like. But again, it, it wasn't a, it was, there's, there wasn't a QC issue or anything like that. Like, no, like I, you've seen like early quarriers. There wasn't an early quarriers QC issue or anything yeah. like that with these kind of laser, laser etched and, and filled in. Everything is filled in nicely. Everything right. is obviously what it's supposed to be despite our twisted minds. The <laughs> yeah. cardboard, the board, despite being small is at least, uh, readable. All the symbology on it, the city names, uh, whether there's two or three city, uh, building slots, Mm -hmm. the bonuses, how many dice are between each city. It's all easily legible despite being very small. Yep. Yeah. There were only maybe a few times where it was like, is there another spot open over there? But that was like from across the table and dice were blocking the. Yes. One open spot. I mean, but it wasn't horrible and it wasn't one of those things like somebody on that side of the table would have gone, yep, yep, there's a spot right there kind of thing. So yeah, overall, I mean, again, I, it'd be nice if it was bigger. Doesn't need to be, but cause it works as it is. And, uh, the box is relatively small because of it. So it is a, a pretty easy and portable game. I mean, it's not a pocket or a game or anything, but it's a, a, a fairly small size box that everything kind of comes in. Yeah. The wells in it are nice enough that I think even if you took everything out of the, uh, out of the plastic bags, I think everything would sit in its well, yeah. in their wells. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about the component side of things? Nope. Okay. So then let's move on to mechanics. What are your thoughts on the mechanics? Then? The mechanics are solid. We had a couple issues where we reviewed the book, you know, to make sure we were doing things right. We found a couple things we were doing wrong, but they didn't really, they didn't impact gameplay negatively because we were doing things wrong universally. Everybody did the <laughs> same thing. Everything, everybody was doing the same thing wrong because that's how I taught it. I was wrong and I taught everybody wrong. So, and we, we reversed it when we found yeah, it. Yeah. Once we figured out what we were doing wrong, because for, for a couple turns there, it turned into very much cribbage scoring. Yeah. And that, that was, that, that was didn't my seem at was, all right for the simplicity of this game to yeah. suddenly break out. It felt very 15 to pair for four, four yeah. run of six. <laughs> it, it very much felt like that at first. So, so we kind of reviewed and, and what we were doing wasn't slowing down. And in fact, it sped up the game. It got the victory points out there a lot faster. <laughs> But mechanically, even when we were playing it wrong, it was flowing smooth. Everything flows from one phase of the game, uh, one phase uh, to the next very smoothly. You roll your dice, you decide how much you want to spend on your rerolls, because you're going to. You lay your trains, you save your dice, rinse and repeat, go around the table. Overall, I... I had a good time with this game and it's Megan and Sarah seem to enjoy it as well. So that's always a plus, uh, something that we can definitely do in a couple setting, which is, is cool with the casual gamers. The one thing I didn't like, and it's just, it's, it goes back to one of my pet peeves in gaming is the end game mechanic where it's like, keep going after you've run out of Your distributing reason, yeah. victory points and now track. The victory points that you've gained after that. Yes. Yeah. Now that you no longer have a marker for them, keep going. Keep going. And, you know, I know in the rules they say, well, you know, use the extras that you didn't put out. Well, if you're at a five-player game, there, there are, are no, no extras. extras. Oh, that's the one thing. The game scales three to five players, and the more the fewer players there are, some of the victory points cards comes out. So you could theoretically do that at three players. But at five players, no, there's no extras. Right. So yeah, that is just, and it, it, it's a minor thing, but it is one of my pet peeves. I, I, anytime a game gives me something where it doesn't factor in the scoring or, mm-hmm. or, or use extra tokens or score, figure out a way to score for yourself kind of thing. That's a pet peeve of mine in, in any, 
game. And so that's a pet peeve of mine here because we got to that point and yeah. we were like, okay, so from now on, this gold is not gold. It's one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and it was kind of annoying. Separated from the rest of your gold, yeah. which is now useless, but just, just in case. Yeah. That was the only thing. Though. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's pretty minor. I mean, it was pretty minor. It wasn't like we were sitting on 20 points per person and, and you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But still, it's, it's a minor pet peeve of mine. Rules. What do you think of the rule book overall? Despite, um, reading comprehension issues, <laughs> I think it's fairly well laid out. It is clear, even though I took away a few wrong things from it. It is clear. It's got good sidebars. Well, I guess they're not sidebars. They're just inlaid. It's got good examples. It's got one, two, it's four pages. And, uh, that includes half the last page just being your turn reference. It's broken down by phase. So whatever phase you're in, you can just go to that section if you need any clarification. And, uh, it's, it's the rules are solid. I, I had 10 minutes, I think it, and then just a couple questions for clarification. And then once we figured out what we were doing wrong, it was still just a few more minutes of here and there over the course of a game, not each time. So the rules itself, I think, are written well. Yeah, I, I think so, too, because I went through them real quick just to refresh myself on the game for the first time because, yeah, you you had taken the game and, and were reading the rules to teach it. And uh, so I was like, oh, we're going to review this. I better refresh myself on the rules. You know, it's been a few days since we played. And, of course, I've been sick, so everything's purged from my brain from fever. <laughs> <laughs> fever. Yeah. So, I, you know, I went through them and... Yeah, I went through it real quick and I was like, okay, yeah, it's, you know, and it was, it was real quick and it was, I mean, even, even on a skim to refresh myself, it was just like, I, I know how to play this game. And, and, you know, and you look on the back and you got, like you said, you got that reference, uh, spot there on the back page. Yeah. You'd never say the words deep dive. No. Like this rule well, and again, it, right. And again, it's a casual game. And like you said, four, four pages. Mm-hmm. How complicated is it going to be with four? pages <laughs> it could have been less if they'd made their drawings to scale with the board <laughs> uh, so teachability what did you think we uh sat down us and the girls so what did you think coming out of that i think it was relatively uh easy to teach there were some follow-up questions everybody had a, a couple follow-up questions some of them were repetitive but i know that's just me but even after that, there were not that many questions. It was, it, it, this is what we're doing. Yes. Okay. And then the same question, but from a different, different angle. Yes. And then, so this is what we do. Yes. Uh, there were not a lot of questions out of the gate. A few things that came up, you know, I was able to refer to the rule book. I think teachability is pretty easy. Yeah. I would agree with you. I think this is an easy one to, to break out and, and give to casual gamers and take to, you know, a, a gaming event or something like that to teach quickly. One of those things like I could take to like the, one of the walk in and play areas and go, Oh, you've got a, a little bit of time before your next event. Sure. Let me teach you trains and stations. And you're right. There, there were a few questions here and there, but most of the questions were going to kind of come up anyway. It's like, okay, here's the first time we're actually scoring. Yeah. That, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. A lot of the questions were just that first play questions. You mm-hmm. think you understand. And then, you know, as with every, every game, you think you understand, but then right. in reality, uh, there's, Oh no. Okay. Now. Yeah. That comma made sense. And again, we're talking about a four page rule book. So it's not as the teacher. It's not like you're going, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Why isn't that in this section? All yeah. right. Let me start over. You 
like where, said, where's the rule book writer to tell me exactly <laughs> yeah. where to look? It's it, it's broken down in the phases, mm-hmm. like you said, and you go straight to that phase, and you you have your question answered pretty much for for what's going on in that phase. So teachability is very high on this one, I would say as well. Theme. Uh, I know you love train games, so how did this one fare for you as far as a train-themed game? Uh, you know, this didn't turn out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. but there is enough of the uh, kind of Old West and rail component to it that I'm not disappointed. Um, it's not quite... Like I said, I thought it was going to be kind of a, a dice-driven railroad tycoon when they first started soliciting this and putting out some previews. It's not that. It's there's You're not trying to build based on the resources a city wants. You're just building and trying to generate resources independent of whatever city you're trying to get to. So, But the artwork and the dice, everything has kind of that uh, trainy, old westy kind of developing feel to it. It's not quite old west because it country it's it's coast to coast, so it's it's <laughs> it's developed. Uh but it does have that uh that trainee rail bearing kind of feel. To it. And and I like it. I don't know. I think I want to I'd have to play it a, a few more times to really get a solid feel on uh the theme overall. Uh a couple things that you were kind of saying kind of stuck out to me. Um you know, the the fact that I don't know. It, it, to me, it was the trains were an important factor in the routes, but I think the focus was more on your buildings. Mm-hmm. And if you could get them in popular locations, that'll get you those resources and stuff, which I mean, you know, so you're on a popular route. But I think I was more focused on that aspect because that was where the majority of your points were going to come from end game. Yeah, route completion points are definitely secondary to your yeah. resource completion points. Right. And that and and the other thing too about the route completion thing is it doesn't matter who does it. Yes. So it's not one of those things that you're necessarily like you're fully focused on because it's like, oh well, you know, somebody else can put dice there. But I need to be the first person to put a building there, or I have to wait until everybody else yeah. has a building before I can go there. That kind of stuff. And I really want that ability or whatever or i really want or people seem to keep going there so i can build up resources that somebody wants to get to detroit yeah (laughs) i want a building on buildings every time uh so yeah so uh, i just i i might have had a slight disconnect but i think if i play a few more times i might get a, a better feel for my overall feel on the theme on this one yeah I think this is a game that, well, moving into overalls. Yeah, well, that's where we're heading now. So if you want to give your overall and slash one factor. I like it. I think it's fun. It's a game that I think I would like to own. Like I said, I didn't buy it because you bought it. But like Megan said, she liked it because it was quick. Mm-hmm. And Sarah said, you know, when we left, she said, why don't you own this? So she just, she generally liked it overall. It is quick. It is easy. I found it very enjoyable. Not something I want to break out every week, but... Um, this is something I would certainly like to own because I think it could, in its simplicity, appeal to a lot of people, hardcore gamers or dice rollers or anybody in between. And I think it's just overall a solid game. Spectacular, no. Enjoyable, but solid. I'll agree with you on that one. And again, you know, obviously for us, a big bonus is the comments that you said. I mean, Megan liked it. Sarah asked you why you don't own it. That's big for us because... How many times do we get to pull Megan and Sarah into a game? Uh, you know, that kind that of thing. That they like. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that they like. So, I mean, finding those kind of games are always nice. Ones that we like and they like. There's a difference between, you know, you and I 
throwing out like a, you know, a war game or something like that. And those guys going, all right, let me get through this. And Megan wanting to play Monopoly or Clue or something like that. Cause she's still like, you know, she came from the old school, uh, way of things sometimes, you know, or she likes word games a lot. And some of them I don't mind. Some of them I, I do mind. <laughs> this fills that niche though, that both sides are, are happy with and comfortable with. Uh, it is very casual. It is the, the nice, you know, the dice rolling thing. So that's where we pull in people like Megan who likes, you know, again, Yahtzee and stuff like that. So that whole dice rolling and making sets and stuff like that, she can, she can get behind that. So I, I, uh, I, I'm fully behind you on that. I think this is a, a good one. I think it's a good one to bring in casual gamers. It's a good one for a filler type game. It's like I said, it's one that I wouldn't mind taking, you know, to like a walk in the walk in and play stuff that we do like up at kind of the north and say, Oh, you, you don't have that much time, but you're looking for a game to sit down. Have you tried trains and stations? You know, that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, yeah. In an hour, you could probably get in, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a solid game for what it is. I just, I think need a little bit more time with it for the theme side of things, but for the game side of things, I, I, it's not a bad game. It's a solid game for what it is. Yeah. For the filler side of things, casual gamer. All right. So there you go. That is review number two. Got them both in tonight. <sighs> and you still have your voice. I still sort of have my voice. Uh, I'm still, well, you're, you're starting to get yeah. into the lowly. Yeah. <laughs> One, nine, five, five geeks. The geek, the geek line is live. All right. And they went running away from their computers. <laughs> Not to any phones, just away from the computers. What we're watching. What we're watching. The second half of the Rosalia Isles season is uh, almost over, and I've been uh, we've been watching that. We both kind of like that show. We as in. Sarah and I. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've never heard you mention it, so. Yeah. When I give the royal we, it's us. But when I give the little we, it's just Sarah and I. Little, I bet. I bet. <laughs> what? As always, Arrow had Suicide Squad on, and I rather enjoyed it. And uh, they had a little... Did you watch his last one, too? Yeah, that was... No, his last one was The Birds of Prey. Oh, that one. Yeah. Su- Suicide Squad was the one before. Yeah. yeah. I was more excited about Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Birds no, that was, that was... That was an awesome episode. And that was Tara Strong in, in Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> So yeah, I mean that was a really good app and and I hope that does get a spin-off show. I hope yeah. this was just No, I I totally was like I was giggling and Megan's like, "What?" I'm like, "The voice." She's like, "Who was that?" I'm like, "Tara Strong." She's like, "Who?" I'm like, "She does the voice of Harley Quinn." She's like, "Oh, I thought I recognized it." I mean, I don't think they can do her cuz I think Fox pretty much has that No, but lockdown, you know what? But I wouldn't even be fine with her being the person in the, you know, the, the random voice every once in a while or something yeah. or, or put her in a headset every once in a while or something. Sounds like there's some conflict. Do you guys need help? I'm yeah. a licensed therapist. And you can keep referring to her as the, you know, female squad member or something yeah. like that. I, that's fine. But man, after watching that, did you not want a spinoff? I do. Oh my God. Just with a different so Waller, but awesome. yeah, that was, that was just an excellent app. By the way, before we go too far, oh, we do that. <laughs> that is true. This last episode, I had another uh, moment, and Megan's like, "What? What? What? Did you get the? Or did you hear the hotel it? at Simone and Gale? Yeah, <laughs> yes, Gale Street and Simone. Yeah, the corner of Gale Street and Simone. Megan's like, "What? <laughs> I had to explain it to her. I'm like, "Ah, nice one. <laughs> yeah, I had to explain it to Sarah. Did you? <laughs> no, it's funny. It's it's a shout out. I'll explain it. No, <laughs> giggle, woman, giggle." <laughs> 
Arrow. So yeah, I'm enjoying that. It's been solid all season long. And like I've said all season, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm hoping that this is one of the few times where I hope they don't wrap up a story. If they let, well, the next app is called Deathstroke. <laughs> but if they uh, have Deathstroke continue on into part of next season, I will not be unhappy because I think uh, Manu Bennett's doing a really good job as Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I think the show was just doing a good job as having him go from an ally in the flashbacks to now an enemy in the uh, in the present. And I think he's doing a good job as they've led up to him. You know, first it was just brother blood and i'd really like to see them do something with brother blood too because he's one of my favorite villains from titans mind control and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know they got cyrus gold they could go totally do a solomon grundy thing too they've laid some seeds for other characters so if they can grow all that and they haven't done anything with the election so brother blood still out there or something so there's things that you know normally i like them to just wrap things up because they always TV shows in general, just they drag things on too long. But if this stuff does continue into next season as it stands or expanded, I would not complain because I'm really enjoying all the stories they're doing. Yeah, if they continue with Deathstroke, though, it, it sounds like it would have to be um, with Merlin because the word is that Merlin's coming back as a, a pretty primary villain for mm-hmm. the next season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be, you know, adverse to splitting the time or, right. or however they do it, you know, or working together. Yeah. Or, yeah. However, you yeah. know, with Merlin or, you know, with Arrow, cause you got to protect the dude that you want to eventually kill yourself. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, there's ways they could do it. So, but I, I'm also happy to see, happy to see Captain Jack supposedly coming back for more than oh, yeah. just to step on and threaten and then, and then, then leave. So yeah, really enjoying. It. And as always, Walking Dead, mm-hmm. I'm, Enjoying the second half much more than the first half of the season since they came back from the break. I think it's been much more immersive and much Crazy. more. Oh, well, yeah, the girl was <laughs> just blew me away. I'm like, I worked with women like that at the hospital. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely that app in particular, but just overall, you know, mm-hmm. Eugene, uh, or is that his name? Eugene, the, the guy that supposedly has the cure for, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is awesome. Yeah. I like girls. I'm well aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just playing that socially awkward thing really well. Yeah, yeah. Especially since uh, one of the most recent Talking Deads he was on. And, you know, yeah, he's of course not. he's not anything like yeah. that. But of course, when he was on, when they have people in the audience come up and give give away or uh, ask questions, they usually give them something that's kind of related to the episode. So that night they were giving away his mullet. <laughs> they were giving everybody a mullet, and making them put it on before or before they walked away. <laughs> nice, nice. I've finally found the time to carve out the second season of Sword Art Online. I've only got uh, four ups of that left. It is, at the core, the same concept. Dudes in the VR world trying to save the girl, but a lot of the offline stuff and the enemy, very much different than, than the original. Strange romance going on. There's going to be a shock for somebody at, in the next five eps. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's quite as solid as the first season. But that's just because every aspect of the first season was original. And this is just kind of a different take on the same thing. So it's just lacking a little bit of the originality. Uh, but it's still very enjoyable. And then Sarah and I went to see Divergent last weekend based on the books. Mm-hmm. Another YA trilogy. She liked it. I was. I can't tell what I what I think if I care to see it or not. I not in the th- I definitely don't want to see it in the theater. I did not dislike it, but I was really not drawn in either. Expensive popcorn. That's <laughs> that was my takeaway from that theater go. It's not a bad movie. I mean, it got from A to B, and I understood what was going on. The actors were not 
just kind of glittery CW, even though it is a general young cast because it's a YA novel. And there are some people in there that I actually like, but it was just, it's going to be the same thing. Or Maze Runner is going to be the same thing. Ah, you know, I've been meaning It's going to be visually interesting, that. but in the end, it's just going to fall apart. I mean, Sarah really loved the books and she was excited every time one of the, the, the next book came out and she was way excited to see this movie. And it's doing very good. I mean, it crushed in its opening weekend. So yay them. It just mm-hmm. not for me. Right. I guess that's not for me. <laughs> I had started my list and then I, uh, I also sent a quick Facebook message to Megan today and it's like, what have we been watching? Go. <laughs> See if she got anything I didn't, and of course she didn't. I don't know why I keep forgetting to mention this, but Archer, been watching the current season of Archer, which is amazing, and coked up Pam is getting kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, no, she's animated. Shut up! <laughs> Doesn't matter. No, it's, uh, I love Archer. What? Go ahead. <laughs> we caught up on, um, Modern Family. Oh. That's Aisha Tyler. Really? <laughs> you finally got to that episode yeah. where she plays the boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Art, you know, Archer, awesome show. I absolutely love that show. It took me forever to get Megan into it. For some reason she was resisting and now she's absolutely in love with it. Like she power watched it when, and she didn't even like, she didn't even power watch it. Like we own every season. She was like, carrying around her tablet had netflix going all the time and uh got caught up and now you know she's just in love with that show face off is going in so still watching that show absolutely love that one again that's that makeup costume fx competition show so it's always kind of fun to watch see what they come up with don't think i've been as impressed this season though brooklyn 99 have you checked that out you're out of your damn mind. I'm told it's awesome. It I... is amazing. It was one, it, it's a show that we literally like just finished watching something else, like on our DVR. It flipped over. It was playing. Megan and I were laughing our ass off. And before you know it, it was on our DVR. And every episode of that has been awesome. And it was one of those things like when I first heard about it, I wanted nothing to do with it. Didn't even give it a passing glance, but just what we caught of it is so damn funny. Great show. Brooklyn nine, nine is just an awesome show. Of course, we're still watching the following. I'm still at a point where this should probably be the last season bothering the hell out of me. Justified. Of course, watching justified. Did you see the most recent up? Mm-hmm. Yep. I that's such a good show. I love that show. And I've still, true story, I've still yet to see the first season. This was the one where Megan pulled me in like, <laughs> nope, I'm watching this no matter what. So at some point I have to go back and pull out our first season and watch it. Well, that, yeah, because the first season is the whole basis for the title because yeah. it starts off Raylan's just finishing up being investigated by Marshall, Marshall Internal Affairs for a killing. And it's, no, the killing was, the shooting was justified. So that's the whole basis yeah. for the title. <laughs> And let's see, uh, rewatching Almost Human, even though Almost Human is over, but of course we're doing the Almost podcast. So when we do those episodes, I rewatch it before we record. So that's been kind of fun because get to kind of catch things that might, might not have seen the first time around. Still waiting to find out if we're getting a season two. It's not looking good, <laughs> but they haven't said anything yet. So. Uh, again, Ink Master. So best ink is done. Ink Master's on. Uh, watching that tattoo 
competition show. And then for movies, not a lot, but we watched American Hustle, finally. I enjoyed that. Did you see that when it came out? I actually, I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good little movie. Seeing a couple, couple actors in, uh, different characters in different light. It was kind of an interesting movie. And then, of course, uh, let's see, I watched the collection recently because that is the episode of Two Bald Geeks that is now in the editing queue. We will be putting that out soon on the GeekCast Network to uh, hear what Cyrus and I thought of that one. And that's what I have. What we're reading slash listening to. I'll go real quick. I've only got a few. I did go on Comixology's site, still won't use my PayPal, so I just went ahead and did it on the credit card, but I got the next few issues of Sex to check out. These next few issues are living up to its title, <laughs> so it got, it got weird quick, no wonder they're <laughs> but you still get them on the website, so it's interesting, so I'm still in that, you know, again, it's, it is a very mature t- title, uh, they don't pull any punches, like there's, Full blown. I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if at some point I don't see a donkey punch, but there's like, Hey, I'm giving you a blowjob in the bathroom and there's a penis going into a mouth. And you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's mature and it's graphic, but the, I'm still interested in the, in that story aspect of, like I said, this is reminds yeah, the me the articles. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm reading the articles. This reminds me of, again, it's that alternate university kind of thing where, you know, if, Batman gave up on Gotham City. But I, 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 you know, like we talked about before, there's just all those little quirky things that bother me, the highlighting of the words and, and stuff like that. So I, I just. They, they mean nothing. I, there's no me secret off. message. <laughs> yes, there is. It's just there to irritate the OCD people. Although, and I, I don't read them as often as I did in the early issues, but probably some of the best mailbag section ever as people like completely tell these guys to screw off and everything else and their responses to it. Oh, I got awesome. Uh, in fact, I think one of the one is one of the ones recently, I forgot what all it was, but basically the end of it is in there. And I, this is crappy porn. There's nothing here I could jerk off to. And then they respond. So if anything, the mail section is entertaining, but. I just, I don't know. I, I've got to get somewhere in this arc or whatever where I can make that decision if the story is interesting enough for me to put up with all this other little quirky stuff. And like, you know, I, I could care less about the mature part of it. I, I read other mature titles as well. If, as long as they got like, the good story and stuff, but you should I just go don't see know if yet. They have Black Kiss. Black Kiss? Yeah. I'll the check. original, not the, not the, right, I'll check. Hard chicken, black. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep reading that one until I, Come back with a decision one way or another for everybody. Preacher, I finished, which I uh, get to hand back all of your stuff to you. I enjoyed it up until about the end. Wasn't thrilled with, not all that thrilled with the end. I mean, I know they left it open where they could potentially do more and it'd be all right if they did. Of course, he doesn't have the word anymore or whatever. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, now he's just a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and let's be honest, through the majority of the series, he didn't use the word that often, so no, that's not, not a huge spoiler, Just really. The I mean, biggest one was on his best friend. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know the the whole ending and stuff is ah, I don't know that I was good uh, almost up till then, and then it then it I was, was like, kind of a he didn't have I didn't think he had a satisfying contract. The whole point was he was angry with God, right? And he wanted a confrontation. He wanted to voice his anger with God, and I didn't think he got that. I yeah, I thoroughly agree with that. Yep, that that the. the anticlimactic ending totally so i agree with that 
Uh, but still, the the ride to the end was enjoyable. Hmm. Did um, you you read the uh, <laughs> the disgraced porn star? The disgraced porn star. Oh, he, he had wanted to be a porn star, but uh, he accidentally dropped a an electric vibrator into oh, the hot tub. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the road trip stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, it was only a midget, but he used my ball sack like a speed bag. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And then uh and then the uh sexual investigators coming up behind him trying to find him. Yeah. The same guy. And Custer screws with him. <laughs> yeah. No, like I said, I enjoyed the ride up up until the end. Definitely. Just read Rat Queens number five. So it dropped in price, got got that in. Did you get that one in yeah. as well? Or? Yeah. So I still love that. Still love that. I hope they have a plan for more. Yeah. I mean, a lot more because right. this was great. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said, it easily climbed to a, a series that is a must read for me. Both of us, ne- neither one of us can say enough good things about it. And if you're not checking it out, definitely do, especially if you are into role playing in any way, shape or form. Well, okay. Fantasy D and D Pathfinder. <laughs> Let's be specific. Although. Some of the characters, eh, you might be okay either way, but just a thoroughly enjoyable. And, and like uh, Jordan put it perfectly last time, you know, the Pathfinder comics are what you think is going on. Rat Queens is definitely what you're actually saying at the table while you maybe joking with your friends and probably had a few yourself. <laughs> awesome, awesome series. And then uh, last, I had uh, I did finish Epic Kill, so I did finish that series. Yeah, I I I, I can't. I can't really give it a recommend. I don't think I, I just, it, it, it did too many weird things. It did too many. I like the premise of it. I don't like what it became, especially right towards the end. And there's one, there's one trope they kept using over and over again that really bothered me. And it was, they would show something and it would potentially be tragic and all this crap. And then it would go, boop, 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 boop. that's what could have happened if I did that, but I didn't, you know, that kind of thing is like, and you know, three, four times later, I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> so dumb. So I would say pass on it. I like the premise. Didn't like the execution on that one. That's what I had. Alrighty. I've got some similarities there. I finished, I think I started and finished in between apps. I don't think I mentioned <laughs> it, but Star Wars Empire and Rebellion, Razor's Edge. Title, title, title. A book with three titles. I listened to the audiobook. It's a set between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and uh, it focuses on Han and Leia. It's it's the original characters, and I can still kind of stomach the original characters, even though you know their mains. So the drama, are they going to die? Well, no, because this is set between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is still enjoyable. Could enough. happen. It could. Sure. Han was a clone. <laughs> Uh, it was still pretty enjoyable. And apparently it's, there's another Empire and Rebellion book out written by, strangely enough, James A. S. A. Corey, the, the <laughs> duo that did the Expanse books. But it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's Empire and Rebellion is the theme. Uh, the next book isn't related to what's going, what went on in Razor's Edge. This is a standalone story. So I get the impression this is like, you know, the Bounty Hunter War, uh, Tales from the Cantina or, or the Bounty Hunter Wars, that kind of thing. It's just one umbrella, but it's going to be a bunch of standalone stories. I hope a bunch of standalone stories anyways. It's fairly enjoyable as long as they keep it in, uh, well, it's going to be Empire and Real. It's all going to be. You know, we talked a lot about Dragon Wing last app. So I went out and I got the, uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight audiobook mm. and you know, it's okay. <laughs> definitely. I'm not 12 anymore. And definitely they're not writing to 12 year olds or they're, we're still writing to 12 year olds. Well, duh. Cause they were writing to 12 year olds 25 <laughs> years ago. I mean, it's okay. It's, mm-hmm. I know, I know the story, but it's been 
Christ, 30 years <laughs> since I, <laughs> I read it the first time and I've never gone back. So enough of it is sufficiently different. And the dude does a good enough voice selection and he keeps a good pace. It's, uh, I'll say it's enjoyable. If I actually had to read it now for the first time, I would suck. But I have enough fond memories from the first time and the world in general and enough painting going on that, uh, or more recently casting blocks that, that it's, it's enjoyable background. I've also got, uh, listening to, uh, the daylight war. I've got dragons at home and I've got daylight war on my phone for when I go to the gym. Daylight war is the third book in the desert spear trilogy. You know, the middle East invading kind of Northern Europe. They, they, they don't say it like that, but that's kind of the setting. It's the desert people and the white folk. It's the tattooed man. This is, um, I still want to know what it's going for because there, there was this disaster and they only address it tangentially to lost technology. And like they were g- going down this semi paved road and, and, uh, they mentioned that before the disaster, they used Crete to do all their roads like this. So it's like our world. Don't know if it's a nuke. We don't, don't know why the demons are there. The demons come out of the core, haven't explained the whole nature of the demons or what the disaster was or anything. Northern dude stills the deliverer because he's the tattooed man. He's bringing back the words and he's building up the Greenlands against the sand people. (laughs) It's enjoyable. It's gotten a bit repetitive in its fight scenes. So I hope there's more to this book than just some fight scenes. I hope they get back to a little bit of the the politics and, and growing, but I'm still enjoying it. Daylight War, Peter Brett. And then Words of Radiance came out, so I finished... I didn't finish. I just set aside the strain. (laughs) According to Kindle, I'm 65% of the way through, so that means I'm about 650 pages into it. (laughs) This is another 1,000-plus page book. It's a bit slow, but he said right from the outset, 10-book series. So there's going to be a lot of not action to it. And in the first book, it was very well balanced. Balance between action and intrigue here not quite as much as i'd want but there's or not much as as i like but there's definitely character growth kaladin my favorite from the first book he went through a lot of growth a couple of the other humans that are secondary getting some continuation of their stories if not well because they're they don't need growth because they're they're the baseline that kaladin and the other uh the other surge binders are going to work against and then shalan one of the her what he did with her i don't like because she was a um a scholar in the first book and now he's turned her pretty much into just a criminal she's a con man and it uh the way he did it it really seemed like maybe he wanted another character mm-hmm. but didn't want to work in another character <laughs> so then he just said well i've got her and i haven't done anything with her yet this book so we're gonna have her learn everything in one chapter from a con artist and i'm gonna turn her into the con artist theoretically she's still working for the greater good but her spren, that's what the, they, people get their powers from spren, uh, this force from the other, uh, elsewhere. Uh, her spren is, um, referred to as lie spren. It's more of a intrigue spren because he talks about the truth and lies and the lies in truth. And it's real kind of like Jedi perspective. You told me Vader killed my father. Well, he did from a certain point of view. So it, it, it's, it's point of view spren. It's not lie spren. So her spren is the lie spren. So everything that she, the skills she's developing are more about, uh, well, lying and manipulation and deceit. And it just seemed like a very, very abrupt change from, Oh, I want to finish my, my teacher's work. You know, this research she was doing that might change the face of the planet and this war that my people are involved in to, 
Well, I still want to do that. Whoa, I'm going to lie to everybody I meet. Every, uh, so I'm not keen on that, but introduced a few other characters. You know, each book is going to have a different main character POV. So the first book was Kaladin and a little bit of Shalon and a couple other people. This book is very much, uh, Shalon and her flashbacks. Kaladin had some, but I think he's pretty much wrapped up for this book because he's back to no. I think he's pretty much wrapped up for this book. And each book is going to have a main POV as the story grows. You're going to see different aspects of this war that's going on, different aspects of the return of these Knights Radiance or the Voidbringers as these powers return to the planet, possibly to create another desolation. Who knows? It's still, it's a very enjoyable book. Dick is doing it for 10 books. I mean, just because you're finishing off Jordan's 10 book crap epic doesn't mean you have to do 10 <laughs> books too, buddy. But, you know, he's young. He might live. <laughs> like you said, Rat Queens, we both read that. Really enjoyed the wrap-up of that first arc. And like I said, I hope there's a lot more of that. I hope they keep this team together, and I hope they do. Read the latest Arkham War, part of the Forever Evil crossovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkham War and Rogue's Rebellion. Both enjoyable. They should be wrapping up in April, but Forever Evil 7 got pushed back to May because DC can't keep a schedule. They, uh... <laughs> The the artwork is not good in the Forever Evil book, and apparently it's the artist that's holding things up. You know, they had the same issue with Infinite Crisis four or five years ago. They and that was even worse because the resolution for that series took place in three books, and two of them didn't make it out on time, and the overall resolution did. So everybody knew how it ended before the actual drama to how it was going to end made it out. Ah, they screwed everything up. But at least this time, they've given everybody enough notice that it's not going to come out. And then stuff that's tied in is also getting pushed back with this because there's a lot of stuff that directly impacts standalone titles. But still, this is a seven-issue series that's gone on for almost ten months because there was a month delay between four and five. Well, almost two months because it went from the like the beginning of November to the end of December. And then there was a month delay between five and six. And now there's going to be an almost another two-month delay between six and seven. I'm like, come on, DC. <laughs> it's not like you just decided to do this. You you planned, I hope. Still, I'm looking forward to the last book. Picked up the second issue of Miss Marvel, the new Miss Marvel. And it continues a little bit with her powers developing and dealing with her father. Like, you know, first book, she was out for the party, the illicit party. Uh, second book picks up right away. She gets home after the party. And, of course, she's busted. Parents know she was out. Oh, so there's some of the... Uh, parental teen daughter angst and and drama there but also she's trying to figure out uh was it real or was it memorex and what, what's your powers and you know what is she gonna do? it was quick it was fast there was no uh she saved somebody but there was no uh there's no villains it was still learning what her powers are i mean it was enjoyable okay did i see that uh you're working on another comics beyond the panel Yes, I had all planned to go throughout my review of the first arc of Rat Queens and then immediately got paged after writing <laughs> Rat Queens and then had to save that off. <laughs> so there's nothing in that entry, but there will be. Yeah. I haven't looked ahead. I just saw the draft sitting out there. So. Yeah, no, I know. All right. So yeah, Jordan will be working on other comics beyond the panel. Uh, so those are always enjoyable to read. He's taking a look at the, the comic side of things and doing some blogs on that. I'll definitely be checking out that because I always like, because you had said, you know, hey, throw something out there from time to time. That was one of the things I thought would be interesting to to do as well. So maybe I'll do one. I don't know. But then again, me and writing lately, not the time. <laughs> Where are you going to write, Queens? Maybe you should finish a Gricola. <laughs> no. <laughs> So you'll never hear from me on Rat Queens. 
what we're playing. You know what? I do not have much at all. <laughs> Obviously, we played some stuff to review. But beyond that, between editing and being sick and being sick while trying to edit, <laughs> I've got two things on my list. Still playing Dungeon Ascendance on my phone off and on, and I still uh, vanished and banished <laughs> uh, when I didn't want to think about much else. Although I've, I, I will say that I have restarted that damn game more times than like any action fighting game that I've done because I've tried to get through the first uh, early on. I kept trying to get through the first well for a while the first year, but the first couple of years without anybody dying because of starvation or not having a house. Wow, or, high standards. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, no winter's here. You suck. You haven't provided a house for your people. Oh, you don't have any food. Oh, did you not like, listen oh, to Ned? Winter right. game. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I just kept restarting, restarting, restarting until I finally got, you know, I don't know how many years I'm in now. Now, now my people have, have died of old age, <laughs> but that Yay? was the other thing too, huh? Yay. Well, that was the other <laughs> thing too, that, cause for a while I didn't restart and it's something to just kind of go and be kind of mind numb. But at the same time, you've got to think about certain things. I mean, you got to think about your food production and you're going to have enough. You got to think about having tools and, and, and making sure somebody's building tools, making sure somebody's building firewood so that you can, you know, heat themselves in the winter. All that, all so those little things. you won't play a Grickle of the board game, but you will play a, I video will play game. the video game. <laughs> Why? Because I can hit the times 10 button and watch the, watch the years fly by when I got nothing else to do. So, I mean, you got to think about all those, all those little things and, you know, just goofy things like I, you know, and, and how long it takes them to build crap and everything. I was like, at one game, I made the, the damn mistake of you can build like this long house that's like everybody that doesn't have a home will go here. So it's like a homeless shelter. <laughs> and, you know, I got to the point where I was just like, I'm going to build that. And then I'll worry about individual houses later. But I made the mistake of demolishing it. And not having enough houses and it took them forever to build the house that a bunch of people died because they didn't have houses. Jackasses. But there's, there's, you all, did it. But the, <laughs> they didn't build fast enough, but there's all these little things you got to. So the other thing that was happening early on, my people weren't dying. I had an earlier game where my people weren't dying because of starvation or anything like that. They were dying of old age, but because I didn't have individual houses for them to live in, they weren't having kids. So yeah, my, nobody wants to be the sex offender. <laughs> so my population was like fastly dwindling and nobody was replacing them. But then at the same time, like you don't want a ton of kids all of a sudden because they eat as much as adults. So now you got to, so just all those little things. So it's, it's a cool little game and it, it is, it is kind of just, you know, let, let it go. But at the same time, there's a lot of things you got to think about to, to make your village productive and proper and keep, going year after year but again times 10 <laughs> hey look <laughs> can't do that in a curriculum so let's just jump to the last round yes. <laughs> who wants these points just take them is that what you got that's what i got okay. two things i've been playing same as you not not a lot really work's been kicking my ass so trains and stations and host still working a little bit with injustice both on the phone and on the uh console i actually kind of like the phone version a little bit better but it irritates me. It's, uh, you know, it's a free game, so it's not free. You know, they, they obviously <laughs> yeah. they gear you towards the microtransaction, which I refuse to do. And they have these, um, I don't know. There's a special part of the game that pops up every now and then. If you complete five 
sets of, uh, five sets of fights, you win a special character. When I first got the game, there were like six days left in, uh, trying to get Raven from the Titans. And I, I didn't get that. The last one was, uh, Dark Side. And I ground and ground and ground <laughs> hard to get the, the tokens to, cause each, you have energy and different fights have different energy. But then for the challenge fights, it also, you need the challenge token. So you lose a challenge token when you do one of the challenge fights. So you gotta go do a regular fight to get the, the challenge tokens, but also to level up because they're much tougher fights. They start off easy, but then the last couple are just kicking the balls. And there's always, Requirements like the first level is always you can only have bronze characters in that. And then one of the levels is usually you have to have this hero. And those are generally heroes that suck. Like I'm going in with Wonder Woman, Black Adam, and then I'm also saddled with Catwoman because I have to have (laughs) Catwoman. And there's nothing wrong inherently with that character. But when you're going up against Doomsday and, you know, Black Adam and, you know, Regime Superman, no reason black, you know, Catwoman is going to be involved in that fight. That's one shot kill, you know. So, <laughs> and in this game, it is. I'm bottlenecked right now at one spot because I can only get so far and then I face regime Superman and I only have four gold characters and only one of them is at an equal level to him. And he can his his second bar power can one shot kill anybody that I put in there. And it's a bad combination each each fight will have different a uh, different environment, and this environment is regeneration, so they heal faster even when they're uh you know, and my power develops slower. So basic attacks usually four or five hits, and I get you you get your first uh your first special power, your first special attack. Well, it, it's much slower, and this is a bad combination of regime Superman who has like twenty five thousand hit points, Lex Luthor whose first power if it hits saps you of your powers so you're just stuck doing basic attacks longer and longer and longer and then i forget who else but somebody that's equally irritating so i've just been grinding trying to get my golds up to something where i can just dish out enough damage that i can overcome the regeneration because i can generally knock out two i can knock out lex and whoever the other dude is but superman he just comes in heat visions me kills one person leaves heal i might drop like it gives you your Total damage. And at one point I had dropped like 30,000 points of damage and still hadn't killed anybody because they come on, whack, 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 then leave, <laughs> you know, heal up, come back, whack, 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 leave, heal up. So I'm dropping damage all over the place, but I can't kill anybody because they're just swapping out fast and I don't, I can't build up the power because it's a slow. But what they've done now, the next one is for Wonder Woman. And one of the requirements is you have to specifically have a red sun character. Well, the Red Sun characters are the rare drop in the gold boosters, or you can spend 300,000 coins on just getting the Red Sun pack. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to do that because 300,000 coins is going to cost me 50 real world dollars. Well, you I don't paid, do that? I paid $30 for the full on console game. <laughs> so I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for a phone game. <laughs> so now I'm just grounding, grinding to get to the gold booster price. But it's like the first two games, I thought it was requiring you to have a character that you had. But now apparently, no, it's just they required you have a character. And in this case, it's a character I don't have. And if I don't get up to $75,000 a number of times to try to get the rare drop from that pack, 
I'm not going to be able to complete it. So that's really irritating to me. Mm-hmm. And that might actually stop me from playing this particular game. I'm still enjoying the console game because mm-hmm. there's more of the actual story there yeah. too, the injustice story. That's the part I, I was enjoying of it. It's again, fighters. I'm kind of out of fighters, but yeah. the story was decent enough to, to check out. I guess the only other thing I've got is last week at Jordals, we got in, it was just him and I for a while. Malachi showed up, uh, eventually, but we got in a game of Summoner Wars where I was literally one die roll away from winning. If I'd thrown a hit instead of a miss, I would have won. I moved everything around. I geared up everything to get max attacks possible on him and left my caster exposed, my summoner exposed. Sorry, wrong game. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't get the one hit that I needed. So then he was able to turn around and just bend me over and spank me. So, and then when Malachi showed up, we got in a pretty fun game of seven. I hadn't played it at three before and it was, it was funny. Each round I got a diplomacy of some sort mm-hmm. and Mike got, a, Michael got a diplomacy of some sort. And Malachi was the only one that was building for military and he never had anybody to fight. So he (laughs) didn't get any, he got one military victory point (laughs) through the whole game, but that was more than Michael or I. It was funny. I'd never played it at three players. It was kind of interesting, but I think I like it more at higher players. Yeah. You know, I thought of one thing that I actually did play while I was, uh, you know, I, I talked about, well, you and I talked about not here, but I, I'd worked from home a couple of days uh, because I was sick. I actually worked at home a couple of days. And then the third day I was like, screw it. I'm still so sick. I'm taking today off and just going back to bed. But while I was home, I went old school on my Xbox, uh, old school as far as like, you know, what's on my Xbox. But I broke out Puzzle Quest 2 mm-hmm. just because it was it was one of those things like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to change out the disc. What have I downloaded? <laughs> and I, for like two days straight after I got off work, uh, and just going, all right, well, I'm home already <laughs> and Megan's not going to be home forever because usually I'd be driving right now. What do I want to do? And I played Puzzle Quest 2 for like two days. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting to re, uh, revisit a little bit. It's not a bad little game. No, do you have, uh, any video stuff coming up that you're aware of? We might be doing soon. I- no, uh, we had planned on doing a few things, but of course then you had to go and have a life. So I, <laughs> I hadn't really rescheduled anything. Yeah. We're trying to get a game of Wild West or Triumph and Treachery going, but okay. four players will be real camera. I'd like to get something. We'll have some, uh, Game preview videos coming up for sure, because I've got a, a bunch of those that need to get done. Um, if you want to be involved in any of them, let me know. I'll, I'll, sure. let, I'll let you know what, what we've got. I mean, I've already got a couple things sitting here and a couple things on the way that we need to do game preview videos. So there will be some uh, videos definitely coming up here very soon. Uh, I think I know. I want to say I've got somewhere between two to four that are launching here in April that they, they would like to see videos done for. So those will be coming up. So we will have videos. We, this will bring us to the end of episode 41. So there you go, Jonathan. Here's a true full length episode. You, you know, last time we didn't have a game review, you said you were happy to see a full length episode. Well, here's a true full length episode for you, sir. We aim to please our Ukrainian listeners. <laughs> Is that plural? <laughs> I, I, Does he not have headphones? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I made an assumption there. I took a leap. All right. So that will be us for this time. We uh, will be back for episode 42 soon. Draft picks should hopefully uh, start up again. I think I said that last time. I don't remember if I left that in or not, but of course I got sick, had to reschedule. But next next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, 
for us. Uh, Sarah and I should hopefully record. I know she's been looking forward to it as well. So I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. Thanks for listening. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Hate you right now. This podcast is a proud member of the Geek Cast Network. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other podcasts with a geek culture slant, head over to geekcastnetwork.com where you will find podcasts such as Almost Podcast, a fan-driven companion podcast for the Almost Human television show, The Geek Cast Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at geekcastnetwork.com.